I moved to the UK and everything was new for me, you know. I'm a guy who comes from South America, going into Europe, and so I just went, like, partying most days of the week. However, in my heart, I always had something about Christ. Now and again, something will pop up because my friend back home, Miguel, talked to me about Christ. One day, I came from a, from a party, I went to sleep, and I had this really vivid dream with Christ. And I'm dreaming like I'm like in an open garden and I felt like my body just being lifted up. I literally see like the map of the UK and the map of Europe and I keep going up to the point and I actually see the whole globe underneath me. I hear this voice in my head in the dream saying to me, you know the truth and you don't follow me. And I look up and when I look up, it was Christ with his hands trying to reach me. Well, Tony, uh, it's an honor to get to record your testimony. Uh, what is your testimony of Jesus? What has Jesus done in your life? So I want to go back to very early age when I was about five years old. Um, so when, when I moved to, to Venezuela, when I was about five years old, my mom um, just basically started living with my dad because my dad was there for, for a while before my mom actually goes there. My dad was a very violent man, so we will have all these issues at home, then he perhaps will punch her, and myself, my brother. And it was a bit difficult, you know, to deal with that when you are that young age. Um, so when he will come from work, we will probably panic because we wouldn't know in which mood he was, um, if he drank or not, because he was an alcoholic as well. And um, so it was difficult to deal. Um, I remember at that age, uh, my mom used to go to church because she was like a Catholic, but she didn't go to church like every Sunday or she didn't pray on the table, nothing like that. Basically, um, we would go now and again on a Sunday to, to, to church. And, and I remember very well that in Easter week, we will um, see Jesus of Nazareth with, um, can't remember the name of the actor, Robert Powell. And normally that movie lasts six hours. So in Venezuela, what they do, they put like blocks of two hours for over three days. And I remember when the crucifixion was happening, uh, I will just weep, I will cry, and I will kind of like feel the pain in my chest, you know, for Je what Jesus was suffering in that cross. And from that point, when all these issues happened at home, then my dad started being violent and I could hear it. I will pray to Jesus to, to, to do something because sometimes my dad will stop. Sometimes I will just intervene. But obviously when you're seven or eight years old, there's not much you can do. At some point when I was about eight years old, I was really fed up. And one day I was alone at home. My mom went to the shop with my brother. I was about eight or nine maybe. And I took a knife and I, I, I wanted to kill myself. I was literally in, in the kitchen with the point of the knife uh, between my chest, um, my tummy, and I was like to go for it. And I literally hear voices in my head telling me like, just do it, get on with it, prove your point. But at the same time, I hear a voice saying, nothing's gonna change. If you do that, everything's gonna carry on the same. Your dad will gonna do the same. Nothing's gonna change, don't do it. And then my, my mom opened the door in that moment. She came back and I just put the knife away quick and I just tried to pretend that nothing happened, you know, because I didn't want her to find out. 
my dad, um, when I was about 11 years old, he, he left us. He, he moved back to Portugal and we stayed in Venezuela. So he left us and also he took everything what we had, like money-wise, anything of value. So we ended up like we were living in a rent flat. Um, fortunately, the owner of the flat was like uncle of my mom and he didn't obviously force us to pay rent for, for a while. Then when my dad left, I got to be honest, I was, I, we all were, ha were very happy about it because who wants to live like that, you know? However, when I saw my mom waking up early, trying to, to do um, breakfast for us, cook lunch, go to work, come back, do the things at home, and I felt like I should help her out. I should like do something. So when I was about 12, I started actually, I was studying and working at the same time at the age of 12. Actually in school, about when I was 15 years old, I met this Christian guy called Miguel. And he started talking to me about God and about Jesus. Um, he used to come to my house after school. Um, he used to talk to me about all the things that Jesus did for us, the way to salvation. I remember we went through the book of um, Revelation and it was terrifying. And I took Jesus as my Lord and Savior when I was 15. And I really mean it when I took him as Lord and Savior. But in the first week of being a young Christian, I was having dreams to pull me away from the ways of the Lord. And within a week, I was not a Christian anymore. I was just chasing girls. And it's like the enemy just came in to, to try me, to, to pull me away from, from the way I was going. At that point, I mean, working in a liquor store at 15, studying and working in the liquor store. And I met this guy, which he was a Santero in America, they're very familiarized. In UK, they don't know what Santero is. He took me under his wing and he said he's going to teach me to do witchcraft and all of that kind of stuff. So one day I go to his house and he kind of like throw away some seashells and to read whatever the spirits are telling him. And I don't know why it didn't click to me on that day, but when he was reading the seashells, he said to me, look, the seashells are telling me that God has put you aside for him and you belong to him. I can teach you, I can do whatever you want me to, to do, but at some point you're going to live this way and you're going to go to God's way because that's what he's saying here. And however, I didn't want to listen. I just want to carry on with this witchcraft. So I go into doing rituals, um, like, you know, they kill chickens and they take the blood and they do all kinds of rituals. And I realized at that point, being into Santeria and being in working in a liquor store, I start drinking, start smoking cigarettes, start smoke weed, I start chasing girls like never before, one night standards. And I was just going insane. Um, did have no respect for my mom, which I always had incredible respect for my mom, especially after what I saw she went through and she, she was all the time there for us. And that went for, I would say, a couple of years. Uh, at some point, I just left this um, witchcraft, this Santeria, and I actually moved to, to, to Portugal. When I moved to, to Portugal, my dad was there. I saw him, he said hello to me. I did say hello back to him. I didn't feel hate or anything inside. And I thanked the Lord for that because 
I don't know how I'm going to react or what do I feel, you know, because I haven't seen him for like 10 years. We start talking now and again because um, I, was near, I was living nearby. However, he, he passed away, sadly. He, he had an illness and he, he died and we didn't have the chance to actually talk about things. However, I, I, don't, I don't hold any hard feelings for him. And then of the day, my dad and what can you do, you know? I came to, to the UK and coming to the UK uh, because I had a cousin here. So I moved to the UK and everything was new for me. You know, I'm a guy who comes from South America going into Europe and, you know, and, and I just went even more crazy, you know? So I just went like partying most days of the week. And I used to have two girlfriends at the same time. And on top of that, I used to cheat on them. However, in my heart, I always had something about Christ now and again, something will pop up because when my friend back home, Miguel, talked to me about Christ, something was left in there in me, you know. I got divorced twice. I got married twice. I got divorced twice. And obviously the reasons are obvious. No need to say, but. So I met this girl called Roxana, which is my wife today. And she told me one interesting thing. Every time I used to get drunk, I used to talk to her about Jesus. As weird as it sounds, it's you know, a drunkard talking about Christ. And um, one day I came from a, from a party and I went to sleep and I had this, this really vivid dream with Christ. And I'm dreaming like I'm like in an open garden and I felt like my body just being lifted up. And as I go up, I literally see like the map of the UK and the map of Europe. And I keep going up to the point and I actually see the whole globe underneath me. And I'm in open space, literally open space, but so dark open space that if you will drop a, a, a paint, a white dot, it will disappear because it was just pure dark. And I hear this voice in my head, in the dream saying to me, you know the truth and you don't follow me. And I look up and when I look up, it was Christ with his hands trying to reach me. And I just weep through my dream. I weep all the time that I was asleep. I just weep so much that when I wake up, the pillow was covering water. Uh, my partner, Roxana, told me, look, you just cry the whole time. So after that, I carry on the same life, but with the difference that every time I will do something, I will feel guilt in me. So I started talking to, to a friend of mine. She, she lives in Florida now. Uh, she became a Christian. I used to talk to her in those times. So I used to go clubbing, partying, do whatever I was doing. And then on the way home, I used to call her because of the different times. Florida was like midnight here, it was five in the morning. So I used to talk to her and tell her things. And when I told her about the dream, she said, oh, you, you are the one in my dreams because she's so me, in her, she saw a, a baby getting baptized. So it was like a new Christian coming out, a newborn. And then she saw, okay, that, that must be you. I feel in the spirit that is you. So I keep talking to her, but you know, I, I didn't want to let go that, that life of sin because unfortunately sin can be very enjoyable, you know, unfortunately. And one day I'm at home um, my daughter got sick. She was having vomit and diarrhea for like four days. 
But when you're one year old, that is quite serious because you can die. Yeah. So four days later, nothing happened. I go to the GP, which is the doctors here, talk to him, and he just say, okay, if she, she's drinking water, keep feeding her water and let's see how it goes. But I was not happy with, an, with that answer, you know? I wanted something to be done about it. And after seven days, she lost like a kilo out of nine kilos. She was very pale. And on that day, for the first time, I, I was in my room and I, I'm in bed, closed my eyes, the lights were off. My wife was in bed as well. It's that point and she's not asleep, I'm not asleep, but we were just about to sleep. In my mind, I say, well, God, I had nobody else who asked. I mean, the doctor cannot help me, can you help me? And I hear Jesus' voice, I recognize his voice. And that voice says, he came from inside of me and he said to me, as from now on, all illness are gonna go. And I open my eyes and I, I look at my partner. I see Roxanne and I say, look, I just hear this voice saying that from now on, all illness are gonna go. Yeah, was this an, 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 like an actual audible voice or was just something you kind of heard inside Inside, it came from inside of me. Hmm. And, um, and she looked at me and she said, okay. I mean, her eyes told me the whole thing, like he's going insane, this guy. And I say, okay, I, we went to sleep, wake up in the morning, and first thing in the morning, check on her, and she was healed. She wow. didn't have anything. Even the color of the face came back. She was happy, she was plain, she was... And at that point, I say to myself, well, I need to take this serious. Because at that point, I realized in my heart that if I don't take Jesus serious, he'd be so merciful to me. He gave me a dream. And two years later, I carry on seeing sin for two years. And he talks to me, he healed my daughter. If I not do something about it, because I know the truth, I'm gonna end up in a place that I, I don't wanna be. Mm. And I had that fear inside, but with love as well. It was not just fear. Because sometimes fear is your friend and not your enemy. Because sometimes fear push you to the right place, you know? Right. I started looking for churches and I was terrified. I was terrified to walk into a church. So why were you terrified? I don't know. I don't know. I just, I was nervous. I don't know. It was just, I don't know why I was terrified. I said, okay, let's, let's go. I need to go, you know, because one of the problems I had as well was I felt like I have to stop sinning to go and meet Christ without realizing that you come with the whole baggage, come with your bag, full of the things you know you have in your bag. And once you're in there with him, then he will take one at a time. Right. And, um, and I realized that. And I, obviously, I know that it was him who put it in my head because I, did not, I didn't know anything about the Bible or Christ and, and this thing in my head, it was him. So I found a church, walking to the church, I think I was shaking from the night before because I went party. So I go in the church and um, I didn't really feel like it's the right church. Um, and I decided to look for another one. So I go to a different church, walking, and I actually kind of like felt the presence of God around you, you know, when you're worshiping and, you know, trying to hold your tears back because you don't want to cry because you don't want people see you crying. 
I started going to church and I went to church for like three weeks before one day I go, I was at home one day, I went to pray, my daughter was asleep. And as I go to pray, I go to the kitchen because the, the room was full of mold and we were like um, cleaning the room. So I go to pray to the kitchen and I forgot the Bible and I thought, well, I wanna get the Bible and read a verse before I start praying, you know? So I get the Bible, a Bible that, by the way, my friend Miguel gave it to me when he was 15 years old. Wow. And he was with me for 22 years. And he's been with me. I went to Colombia, to Curaçao, I went to Portugal, I went to England. And the Bible always followed me for some reason. As I go to the kitchen, I say, God, do you want me to read something for you? Something like, something that you really like, your favorite verse. And then he say to me, read sounds very free. But he say with an intensity that the walls of the room shake. And I have to bolt down because I could, like my, my senses couldn't, couldn't hold it. The voice was powerful. It was full of authority, you know, out, like pure authority, but with, a, with love. Then it's, it's hard. It, it was hard for me to understand how you can have so much authority and love together in, in the same voice. And I opened my eyes and I said, wait, no, 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 this is, this is too much. This, it, it cannot be. I mean, the, the world's shaking. And I said, well, God, if that is you and I'm not going insane, I'm going to let the Bible open and it's going to come out in Psalms 33, just like you ask. And I let it open and the Bible just open, Psalms 33, and I just go on my knees, cry like a baby, obviously read Psalms 33, and it was just overwhelming. I, I have no words to describe, and I knew that there is someone up there looking at me. I finished praying, reading, crying, <laughs> all were happening there, and I hear this voice from inside of me telling me to read Psalms 24. And I, I, I was over the moon because all of these things were happening at the same time, you know, and the voice comes with love because you feel, you feel the love. And I open, I read, and when I finished read, I went to check on my daughter, see, because she was asleep. And as I approached her, because we had the matrix on the floor, because we were cleaning the, the, the room, as I approached her, I just, something came in, into me and just, I just faint. On the, on the bed, on the matrix. And when I'm in the matrix, I'm trying like to fight this thing because I'm trying to be conscious. And as I try to be conscious, I manage kind of like open my eye a little bit and I realize I'm, I'm speaking a different language, which as weird as it sounds, my, my head, my ear couldn't understand what my mouth was saying, but my heart, knew what my mouth was saying. So literally my heart understood and the Holy Spirit in me is praying to God the Father to, to clean me and break the chains that I have. That's what I understood. And then I gone again, I gone, and I don't know how long it, it passed. I think it passed about 10 minutes, 15 minutes in there. And when I stand up, something in me have changed. Something in me, change even my wife, my girlfriend at that time, but I got married once I became um, new, um, a born again Christian. My wife came and he, she saw me, she said, you're right, you, you look different today. I mean, 
something changed, what happened? And, and I told her, but she didn't believe me. After that point, I can really say that, you know, things went away from me, like alcohol, just I didn't feel like to, to drink anymore. Going to parties, women's, all of that just started go away. Um, I was still smoking, and, but then I managed to, to stop six months later with a bit of help from, from God as, as well. Something that happened in that period that I didn't say, and I think it's quite important, is that while all of these things were happening in the house, demons were appearing in the house, not to me, but to, to my wife. And she used to wake up in the middle of the night with a scream, and she literally would open the eyes and this thing will be in front of her, staring at her. And that literally would happen like three times in a night. But the moment she can start coming to church with me, that stopped. Wow. Everything, everything stopped. That is how I became a Christian. Wow. How long has it been now since, since you've been uh, now on this new life so with Jesus? I'm going to be four years in April. So, yeah, so, um, but yeah, the, the, the worst thing is people don't realize that they have to bring the package with them. Yeah. And I want to repeat it because sometimes you feel like you have to be perfect just to to walk into a church and to, to talk to God, but no, you, you don't have to, you yeah. know. He, he wants you the way you are, and then he will look after things for you. He will get rid of things. Yeah, you mentioned at some point that uh, you started to look for a church. Yeah. Um, what did God do in that area? We obviously know how important community is, and there was, it seemed like God was putting different people throughout your life that would continue mm. to speak to you about God, whether you received it or not, right? There yeah. were seeds yeah. that were being planted. Um, what did God do in that area when it came to community and surrounding you with other people that were experiencing the same things? So a friend of mine started coming to church with me, to, to the same church, and we came to this church with um, there is a Pastor Steve, um, who is an ex-motorbiker, and he kind of like came to Christ, very similar to the way I came. And that give you like a reference point, that give you like a bit of something in common. And one thing that I remember in that church is, when I went to that church, it was this, this guy, he was in a wheelchair. He was going through a tumor in the brain. And within three weeks, he was walking. Wow. And he, he, he just recovered from the tumor in the brain, which they say to him, he will, he will not recover. Wow. Hmm. So what did, what did that do to you? Um, like when you think back and, and you remember seeing that, what did that do? I'm just amazed, you know, <laughs> I'm just amazed yeah. with what God does, you know, God, um, we, we make God this size when he, you cannot measure God. You want to measure God by the faith that you have. You get my point? Hmm. The bigger your faith, the bigger God is going to be for you. Yeah. Tony, how is your relationship with your parents today? You mentioned that obviously with your dad, it was a little bit hard. And yeah. um, at some point, you, you, it's, you know, because you were in this um, place of darkness, you also kind of distanced yourself from your mother. Yeah. Um, now walking with Jesus, uh, what is that relationship like today? Good. I mean, I, I love my mom to bits. Um, she's going to marry soon, this summer, and I'm going to be there. I mean, I talk to my mom every week. I mean, we, we, we texting WhatsApp, 
Uh, we even have a group of family that we just test my brother, my sister, my mom. Um, yeah, I mean, Jesus just restored my whole life, you know. Um, before Jesus, I had nobody but myself. With Jesus, I have a wife now, um, which I love. I got my daughter and I got little Abraham, which he born when I was a Christian. Mm. And, and it's a joy. It's, it's just, just a joy. It's like, I don't know how to explain. Yeah. Tony, who is Jesus to you? Jesus, true love. Jesus is just, true love is, he created me. He took me from the mark and I met true love the day I met him. I mean, there's nothing else I can say. It's just true love. Yeah. Tony, for people who, who come from similar backgrounds, when it came to, you know, experiencing moments with God, but then just uh, uh, going out into the world and, and being in love with uh, the temporary happiness that comes with sin, right? Yeah. Uh, what can you say to that person that's kind of in that cycle right now that has experienced God, but is still caught up in the things of the world? Uh, for that person that's watching your testimony right now, what's an encouragement that you can give them? Whatever you do, try always to just... Go to church is very important. No, I know that the most important thing is to have a relationship with Christ. But going to church is very important because they can guide you, they can help you. I know over the years, because I have seen Christianity over the years, and some Christians can be very finger-pointed, you know. But you cannot rule yourself by what those people is accusing you of. But you have to look into the Bible and see what God is saying, not what people are saying. Yeah. So always try to look for God, ask Him for help, because he, if you are very sincere in your heart, He will definitely help you. And remember that we, we all sinners. We all commit sin, and there is no a single saint. We are saints because of the blood of Christ. So mm. if you are lost, just Come to Christ. Come to Christ. He will take the little bag of your bag. Hmm. Tony, any last words for people who are watching your testimony right now? Well, I encourage everybody to to grow their relationship with, with Christ. Because he even say in the Bible that then they will say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cure the demon possessed in your name? And he said, depart from me because I never knew you. So just try to make sure that he really knows you. So spend that extra time in the bedroom, lock your door away and just, just talk to him just about anything, you know?